Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. We have a ton to talk about today. Yeah. One of the things we've uh, we've been trying to get kind of out there is a uh, is kind of a redesigned logo. So uh, you you put the original logo together with the uh, the boom microphone uh, with a shock mount, kind of interviewing Ember, which I think is pretty cool. We didn't have the SVGs for it, so it's kind of hard to turn into a sticker or a T-shirt. So uh, yeah, you want to talk us through a little bit about the logo redesign? Uh, yeah. So basically, we like I threw that together in like five minutes when we needed a logo for I think it was for maybe maybe the maybe the website or something and. Uh, I'm obviously not a designer, uh, but it, it carried us a little bit, um, but it's it's actually just a big PNG, so, you know, we can't make stickers out of that. We need SVGs in order to get, you know, high-res stickers made. So we've had a, you know, a few designers look at it, and uh, we're kind of getting a couple different takes on, you know, which direction to go. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, the one the one by Rye looks pretty neat. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll tweet about that before the other ones come through. Yeah, yeah, we've still got a couple days. Uh, on the on the, the other submission so uh, but yeah we'll see um hopefully we'll have you know the final one ready uh in time for we could get ember and we can get some stickers made yeah that'd be really good i know we already have the tomsters for ember jacks so we'll be we'll be handing those out if you uh if you're headed to wicked good ember you should come find us and, and inquire about about our sticker haul yeah, or just, uh, you know, just tweeted us. I mean, we send stickers all around the country now. Uh, and we just got actually another 200 made, so we've got tons. Yeah, absolutely. I have been putting the envelopes in the the box myself. Feels weird, right? It, it really does. Uh, I can count how many letters I've mailed. I don't know. This is kind of an embarrassing number, but maybe like 10 letters ever. <laughs> so this has been an enjoyable experience. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of a problem that I ran into while trying to add some regression tests to Ember Weekend. Uh, Ember Weekend uh, has some services. Uh, we don't actually use a, a backend because the data we have is pretty much static. It's just like title of the of the episode, and, and we don't re- really need like a like a CMS for this. So we created a model uh, that contains just exports a. a an Ember array, and we just consume that via a service that implements find and find all. And uh, most recent, I want to say, there's a few, just a handful of uh, of functions. And we want to write regression tests because originally we had this as a pod structure, and now we want to write regression tests because we're in a spot where we can kind of write write some legitimate tests that might actually provide some value uh, down the road as we do more and more to to update the site. And it was. It was surprisingly, it was like surprisingly difficult. Uh, we inject the service into uh, some of our routes and stubbing the global service was really, really difficult. Um, we had to actually, uh, we, we took we took the methodology from uh, Ember Jobs, something that Steph Penner put together that uh, that basically overrides StartApp, the helper that helps you build the, uh, the initial Ember app. And it allows you to pass a callback. And in that callback, the app's context is given. So, and then you're able to stub out the the resolver lookup, which turned out to be basically like the most private of all APIs. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's app dot skid skid container skid skid dot skid registry dot skid resolve cache name equals factory. And I felt like this just feels kind of clunky and and hacky. And and I looked around and I was trying to find other examples of of where this was used or how how people were testing uh, services in acceptance tests. And it turns out not a lot of people are doing it and i think this is one of the one of the better and cleaner examples of it but i don't know i i'm kind of uh i'm kind of trying to get a beat on where where we're gonna go like to create a to create a, a solid way for us to do this 
right? But th- this doesn't seem that weird that it would be um, such a private API or such a hard thing to do in an acceptance test, I guess, uh, because if you're doing an acceptance test, you're you're kind of wanting to test the actual structure of your app um, and, you know, injecting injecting a fake service, um, like, you know, that completely overrides your model service may not be something that they've thought of or, or that or that was necessary. Um, you know, it could kind of should be an integration level test. You have fixtures. Um, if we were using Ember data, this would be really easy um, because we could just use fixture data. Um, yeah, or, or Mirage or something. Yeah, or Mirage. Yeah, Mirage would be good. Um, this is actually really just kind of a... You know, yeah, but a, I can I can imagine wanting to stub out information in a service that is not actually necessarily like a model. Like that wouldn't be a model. It would just be some information that we require in order for the website to function. That seems like a very a common use case. Right, like our, our player service right now, if we wanted to stub that, since it uses an audio component, we can't just, we can't run that in Phantom. Um, so we would need to have some, you know, inject a fake service that has a fake audio component maybe. Right. Um, so there, there's reasons why you might want to do this. Yeah. And, and the, the, the solution, uh, despite relying on some, uh, some exceedingly private APIs, uh, the inter- interface is pretty easy. Uh, it was it was basically just you know uh, call start app pass it, uh, it function as a second argument that receives the app and then you can call these helper methods that that actually stub out the the resolver lookup for a given service. It, it it doesn't seem bad. It just seems like it it lacks a lot of polish. I would I would expect this to be a lot more fleshed out. Next, we're going to talk about Glimmer and uh, the work we've done to try to get our app up to date and working with Glimmer. And it actually wasn't that hard. Um, we, you know, we have to update to the you know latest Canary version of Ember, and that's pretty much it, or so we thought. There's actually a small bug in Liquid Fire uh, that you know forced us to have to uh, disable Liquid Fire in the branch that we have that runs Glimmer uh, for now. But there's already an issue. Uh, Edward Faulkner is already working on it, so you know hopefully that's coming soon because I really don't want to remove Liquid Fire. I actually have a lot of plans for pulling in some nicer animations ever since I watched the the talk he gave at the Sil- Silicon Valley meetup. But Glimmer seems to work fine, like you know out of the box. Yeah, can we just stop for a second and just say Glimmer landed? Like I'm excited about this. This is a big deal. Like this is this is a long time coming. I mean they've been working on this for for months and months now. So uh, I don't know. The blog says that it is the uh, the first rewrite or of the of the template rendering engine since Sprout Core two. So this is like a big deal. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And and for us to be able to plug it in in any faculty and not for that not to be a, a significant pain, that's pretty cool. That's a huge win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, a lot of the work I think uh, went into like you know trying to make sure all the APIs you know stayed close enough to being the same that there wouldn't be a lot of work. Um, but also the kind of the upgrade path since we were already on I think one dot one two, you know, upgrading to uh, to Canary, which is basically one dot one three, isn't that hard because the whole time we've been fixing our deprecation uh, warnings as you know as we've gotten to them. So it's really like a there was a, there was a serious effort put into you know the plan of this, yeah. uh, which is why it went so smoothly. Yeah, and I I've been really pleased with with how smooth it was. Uh, it, it does kind of uh, it is kind of a problem that we couldn't uh, pull over Liquid Fire uh, and still use Glimmer, but it looks like 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 that's just gonna be kind of a thing. This is still super canary, so I'm assuming it's gonna take a while for add-on authors to update to be fully compliant with Glimmer. Speaking of Glimmer, uh, obviously this you know kind of leads us to kind of want to dabble in fastboot. So I, I know uh, we were looking at it yesterday. You got a little bit more uh, time in last night. Uh, this was a challenge, I, I would say. Um, what do yeah. you think? Yeah, it was. Um, 
obviously it's like you know just super canary uh, it's um and we uh thought you know well, we'll, we'll we can do this in a day um it says uh, it says only the brave should consider uh putting this in production so yeah we considered it i'm just saying <laughs> so yeah the uh the problems we ran into um you know basically little things like we needed also to have Canary, even though we're not using Ember Data, we had Ember Data, um, you know, just from the default build. Um, so we removed it. If you didn't want to remove Ember Data, uh, you would have to upgrade to Canary Ember Data. Um, you also have to set the location to none in your config environment, uh, which we didn't even notice because we already hit other bugs. But um, that's just one of the things you have to upgrade uh, in order to, to try this out. Um, the major issue that hung us up was um, we were getting a, getting an error from fastboot trying to find the dom helper and we think we've isolated where you know what the problem is and i think i'm going to try and put together pr as soon as i can exactly figure out uh whether this is the whether this is the actual solution or just kind of masking and the get the test to pass and get the test to pass <laughs> which yeah i'm not sure if i can't get the test to pass or they're just not passing right now anyway that's alpha software it's yeah super alpha and the other the other thing i ran into after i kind of at least mask the problem with a DOM helper was our HTML is actually throwing and well actually causing an infinite loop inside of uh, simple DOM, um, which is actually surprisingly simple. Uh, the source <laughs> code is really tiny. Um, so I went in there and I was looking around. It's, it's just, it's super recursive also. So it's hard to actually debug uh, what's going on. Um, but as soon as I can kind of wrap my head around it, uh, maybe I can find a solution either temporarily or suggest to tilde a fix. I'm also not sure what's causing the infinite loop. Um, the the actual tree um, of nodes is coming from Ember uh, that's generating, it looks like they're just kind of HTML document fragments. So I'm actually not sure if the infinite loop is being caused from Ember or if it's being caused from inside of Simple DOM. Um, it could be that the tree that Ember is generating uh, actually has some like some loops in it um, that's causing Simple DOM to you know just recurse over it, um, saying like, you know, my child is actually my parent. And so then it just gets caught in this loop. Right. Yeah, I think we ran into some other issues that are like minor cleanup things that you have to do before you can even start looking at Fastboot. Um, I think one of them is you uh, any any shim libraries you have that depend on globals, the globals need to be hung off window explicitly rather than implicitly. Um, just because there's, there's no like implicit uh, window that you can call on. So for instance, we're using moment and anytime you say um, moment dot this it's like that doesn't exist but if you say a window dot moment that would exist um so right there's there's a there's a few gotchas like that that just have to be you know taken like cleaned up before you even begin on the path to fast boot and we also have a player service uh which is in charge of newing up the audio element uh which doesn't exist in node um so the way we went about trying to fix that was actually to create a mock um audio um that will get newed up in node that basically just doesn't do anything um, and then the browser will actually find the audio element and it will say, you know, new one of those up. Yeah. This actually helps us with, uh, with regard to testing in phantom as well. So, yeah. Um, and then the last thing that we ran into was, uh, you know, jQuery is not available in Fastboot. Um, and normally this isn't a problem. Like you can still use ember.dollar in your app. Um, because that will just happen once it kind of gets to the client. But the, one of the problems we ran into with ours is that we have a service that then try to use jQuery. In those cases, we basically had to say, if we're running on Fastboot, you know, we had to try and detect that we were running in Node, uh, then just ignore it and don't do anything. Right. And the last thing we're going to talk about is the Silicon Valley meetup that happened last week. Your um, show notes has you listing uh, MB2.0 instead of Ember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's MB, MB now. MB. They, cha- they changed MB that. MB2.0. They changed the name? They changed and, it, yeah. Oh, from man, one to, those one to Silicon Valley guys. Yeah, they can do whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so 
MB 2.0 is uh, formerly known as Ember 1.13. Yeah, yeah so- I think I think that's the that's the main takeaway I got away from this talk is that um, 1.13 is going to basically be 2.0, um, but in compatibility mode. So pretty cool yeah the uh the only other things he was really talking about were kind of things we've already covered which is you know controllers going away uh eric brin is apparently going to be the champion i guess on uh ratable components oh, cool. um or, or at least the implementer i don't know exactly what the difference is between a champion <laughs> and an implementer um but but uh yeah so he's supposed to be working on that um so hopefully that'll get done i think he said the deadline was like june uh so that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty interesting well i think they want to get the uh the Canary version of 2.0 released by June 12, right? Uh, and the, yeah, the second talk that happened that was also really interesting and, and actually really in-depth because I was at the Imperconf talk um, for Liquid Fire um, and it was it was, it was was good, but it was kind of uh, just very light. Uh, but this the, the talk he gave um, at Silicon Valley Meetup was super in-depth. Um, I really like how uh, the, the live coding that he does... Um, and I, I think I got some good ideas for the Ember Weekend site. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, I'll be able to work on that and, and get some nice transitions. Uh, I like the explode animation a lot. Yeah, I really like that uh, the demo he gave uh, animating the Ember Weekend or uh, the Ember Weekend, the Ember Conf uh, website where, you know, it was just a static page and he made, you know, these really fluid and, and creative transitions happen uh, without actually having to do anything like super wild. Yeah, and he did the same thing actually in this meetup, but he used the LinkedIn site, uh, just scraped a bunch of HTML, and then like faked his cookies and things to get the oh, data cool. from from LinkedIn. So it was it was a really nice uh, really nice demo. Huh. There's a lot of work that went into it. It seemed like cool. And that's all we have for this Ember weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy, and I'm Jonathan Jackson, and we'll talk to you next time.